Okay, right off the bat, I'm going to tell you that um, I'm first going to speak in generalities, uh, give you some background on the author and the series as a whole, uh, start to talk about why I think it would be a good read. I'm going to get into spoilers later. I will make it very obvious when I'm going to get into spoilers. There will be auditory and visual cues as to when that's going to happen. Um, so first thing, Griffin and Sabine, um, the series is uh, visually very beautiful, all hardcover, uh, uniform size, and uh, just a lot of different colors, um, a lot of different symbols and stuff going on. Uh, they're just beautiful, beautiful books, um, and we're going to get into talking about maybe why that is. Uh, so first off, I guess we'll start off with talking about, first off, we'll start off uh, talking about Nick Bantock, the author, illustrator, um, mastermind behind these books, behind the series. Uh, he has a lot of other books that he's published that are not part of the series, um, but we're not going to talk about those today. So anyway, he is a, a British artist and author uh, who moved to British Columbia oh, 30 years ago, about 30 years ago, or a little over, around 30 years ago. Uh, I believe he still resides in British Columbia. He was in Vancouver for a bit, and then... Uh, moved to Bow Island, and I don't know where he is now. There's not a whole lot of information about him that I that I could dig up at this moment. But, uh, yeah, British author, illustrator. Um, he illustrated a lot of book covers, did some pop-up books and stuff like that, and then started writing, and then he did some one-off books, like I said, that, that have nothing to do with this series at all. But uh, this is what we're talking about. So, um, yeah, starts off with... Uh, Griffin and Sabine. Oh, that's the other thing. Uh, I don't even know how to pronounce that. I'm saying Sabine. Could be Sabine. I don't know. Sabini? <laughs> uh, other things that Nick Bantock has done is he um, helped like curate and design stamps and stuff, which plays a role here because Griffin uh, does the same thing. So, um, well, that's not true. He makes postcards. Sabine uh, creates stamps or designs stamps and stuff. So I just want to get into one of these here to show you what it's kind of like, because like I said, he's, an, he's a visual artist, and then he started writing these things, and these they're just beautiful, like I wish you could feel this right now, it's just very beautiful, visually stunning, um, it's, it's just very nice. So the way that these correspond, I mentioned that he has done pop-up books before, and so everything is being told through postcards and letters. So you first get an image like that, the front of the postcard, and then you read the back. And then at times, we will eventually fall upon an envelope, like that, and then inside there will be a letter that folds nicely double-sided. Sometimes there's two pages, but never more than two pages. Uh, sometimes there's other elements in there, like like symbols and things that'll just like fall out. They're like in the, the letter. Uh, but yeah, that's that's how the story is told throughout all seven books. Uh, letters and, and postcards. I will say it's mostly postcards. Um, I would say 75% of each one is, is postcards, and then there are some letters involved. Uh, but a lot of beautiful, beautiful, you know, illustrations 
And um, basically what this is, and this is just the first book, and like I said, there's there's six other ones. Basically what this is, is a story of star-crossed lovers, <laughs> um, in some very literal ways, <laughs> that are corresponding through these postcards and letters. Um, Sabine lives on, on islands that no one's ever heard of. I don't remember where they're close to. They're close to an area that, that exists. Uh, but yeah, she lives on these islands, and Griffin uh, lives in in London. So, they're, they're, yeah. Right now, I can't go into specifics because I'm just telling you the overview. But they're corresponding uh, through through you know the, these images. the The postcards are drawn and painted by them, and then they're so they're just like very original. Um, artistic postcards are sending each other. There's a lot of symbolism packed into some of them sometimes that they're very, you can relate them to what they're saying in the postcards. Uh, they don't start off as lovers at all. Um, this isn't really a spoiler in any in any case at all, but uh, there's just some correspondence that starts happening and then they, they find love for each other um, throughout these long distances. So that's kind of an overview. I will say that, um, like I said, besides the images being just packed and, and full of symbolism and, and beautiful colors and illustration and whatever else. Uh, they're, they're very entrancing to look at. The, the lyrical nature of the letters and postcards are beautiful. Uh, the way that they write to each other is beautiful. And there's a lot of, um, I don't want to say inspiring moments or anything like that, but there's definitely some quotable things. There's definitely, like, it's very soft, I should say, for the most part. <sighs> But it's not in such a romantic, fluffy way all the time. Like, sometimes it, it does get to that point where... I would never call it sappy, though. It seems very authentic, at least to me, or to, to my person, and in the way that I would write to somebody or have written to somebody. Um, things that, you know, I, I think that people genuinely do feel and write and communicate. And there is a lot of love, and there's a lot of lust in these series. So... Um, as, as far as an overview goes, like, I, I will say, like, to wrap it up before I get into specifics here and get into some spoilers, I will say that I recommend, like, giving these a shot if you are an artist, if you are a poet, if you, in, if you have a romantic side. It is not all about love. It is a mystery story is what it would be kind of advertised as. Um, there are mysterious elements to it. There are romantic elements to it. There are metaphysical elements, um, philosophical, psychological elements to it. I would never call it a, a thriller or a suspense type thing. Uh, I don't think it really matches that, but there are some, you know, mysterious elements going on for sure. Um, but I would definitely say it is for the romantic at heart. And if you can appreciate the images, that's just bonus because it's, it's beautiful. It's, it's, a, it's a different way to kind of read a story for sure. Um, I generally found that it took me about a half an hour to get through one of these books. Like, at first I was reading them rather slow, and then, like I said, halfway through I just kind of, like, was really, really in interested. And, in, in, like, I was interested from the start, but I enjoyed reading it at a slower pace and just coming in and, like, reading a couple of the postcards and then going on to do something else, reading a letter and then doing something else. And it, it took it very slow. Um, and then later I was just like, I really want to know what's happening. Like, I'm really in the thick of it, and I really want to know how this is going to end. So front to back for me, it took about a half an hour, but I'm not a very fast reader. 
Um, so getting through all seven books is not going to take you very long. However, I also, which is weird because I am a visual artist and appreciate visuals so much, um, I did not sit and really, you know, look at at the imagery that much. Like you could just you could double the time, if not triple the time you spend by just like looking at, at the beautiful images that you have and really soaking them in. And I didn't do that. I kind of looked at them, I read the postcard, and in some cases I flipped back to see like, oh, there's this significance because they're incorporating these animals or these symbols. Um, maybe there's some hidden messages going on. But I didn't really just sit and was in awe of them. I think that they are awe-inspiring. I think they're beautiful illustrations and beautiful images. It's just that for me, for some reason, I just I was so more much more interested in the story and the words being or the story being told through words than I was through the images. Uh, but again, you can elongate the time by just you know taking time to look at those images. So again, if you're interested in art, writing, poetry, a romantic, um, I would definitely say these these are few. And I don't mean a romantic in the fact that you read romance novels because that's not what I mean at all. I just mean someone who is is I don't know interested in the romantic side of art uh, and life and and I don't know how I would word this. <laughs> Enjoying a little bit of the fantastical and um, I don't know your your heart I guess you know enjoying enjoying humans and and heart. Um, so at this point I want to get into some specifics here. Um, because I do want to talk about things that I didn't enjoy so much. I will say, again, I believe it's worth the read, worth checking out. Um, you know, I, I... So these books are, are Laura Lee's. Um, she brought them into the studio, and then I, I started researching them, and I was like, oh, wow, there's like a seventh book. Um, ah, let me talk about that first before I get into specifics. Sorry. Uh, there, there's a seventh book, and you don't have it. And so I ordered it on Amazon. I got it pretty quickly. It was in great condition. So you can buy these used on Amazon. It was not that expensive, uh, especially for the condition it came in. Um, but uh, yeah, I haven't really seen them anywhere else. I haven't really been looking either. But it's nothing I ever came across in my travels. I never heard about it until Laura Lee brought it to my attention. Um, so I will say they come in... So there's seven books total. The first three um, are these three. And... They are the first saga, so um, it is the first one was published in 1991, second one 1992, and the third one 1993, and then there's a huge gap, and then the next thing is called the Morningstar trilogy, which again follows the same characters, and it's these three, and they were 2001, 2002, and 2003, so we've got this decade gap, and then so that's those are the only ones that Laura Lee had because she didn't know this other one existed. Um, and it is called uh, Pharaoh's Gate, um, Lost Correspondence. Griffin and Sabine's Lost Correspondence. It came out in 2016. So, yeah, quite a big gap again uh, from that, that second trilogy. And I'm going to assume this is the last one because the pattern was that, okay, I'm doing a trilogy and he, you know, one year, the next year, the next year. It was just like one per year for three years. He stopped one per year for three years, and then he stopped. And then he wrote this one in 2016. Well, it's 2019, and there's been nothing else that's a part of this trilogy. In fact, he's only published one book since then, and it was 2018, I believe, but it is a one-off. It has nothing to do with this. So I am assuming, especially from the title um, that is The Lost Correspondence, I'm assuming that this ends the series. Again, authors always can revive something. They find a way to do it. Uh, but I'm going to assume that that is the end. And... Uh, 
yeah, that was kind of the, the pattern there. So now with that, spoilers ahead. Um, nope, no spoilers ahead. Okay, not yet. Uh, the one thing I'll say is, I mean, <laughs> a lot of my criticisms that I'm going to go into in more detail revolve around things feeling a little unfinished at times. And that just depends on what you like as a reader. Again, I think these are beautiful books. I'm really glad that I read them. And I would suggest, you know, certain type of people read them. I think you can get a lot out of them. However, uh, I, I, I don't necessarily always need things wrapped up in a neat little package. But I think more times than most, that's what I like. Um, it just depends on how open-ended things are left, whether it's a movie or a book or whatever, a story that's being told. Sometimes I don't like when it's too open-ended. And I found that... With these, I'm really glad that I read them all back to back because if I was waiting 10 years in between, I would have been like, what the heck? This thing sucked um, because at times it was too open-ended and I just, again, I probably would have been glad that I read it because there's beautiful, beautiful moments, but if I took it as a whole, I would have been fairly disappointed. So I'm glad that there was like these three sections that I got to read back to back all at once. Um, so fortunate for me because of when I came to know these books. So I will say that is one thing um, and now I'm going to get into specifics about, about the story and stuff. So um, even if you stick around and keep watching and or listening to, to this, I think that you would still find a lot. I'm not going to recite. I'm not going to read the books out loud, right? So uh, I think you could still get a lot out of it. Um, I think that the spoilers don't completely ruin it. So I definitely think it's worth checking out. And uh, yeah, we'll get into it now. So spoilers ahead. Okay. So basically, I need to give you like a, a synopsis, a, a very short summary of what happens and why I like what happens and why I don't like what happens. So basically, Sabine has an ability to see Griffin create art. She can see him from like a first person view. So uh, just like when I'm making art and I have the GoPro on a helmet and you can just see my hands and stuff like that, that's how I imagined like basically she can see through his eyes what he's creating so she can't see him she's had this ability for some years and then kind of fell in love a little bit with his process and his art and and him through what he was creating and uh decided to reach out to him and she couldn't reach out for i think it was years um because she just didn't know how and then one day somehow he was looking at something and she uh or no, no no that's what it was because she's so familiar with the visuals um she, I think she read something. I mean, she, so he's creating postcards a lot of the time. She creates stamps. There was some type of thing that she saw about, like, a, I think an art exhibition of his or something. It was like, oh, I, I recognize that piece of art. And then she knew his name, and then she figured out how to contact him in London, sent a postcard, and then they started corresponding, and he was kind of freaked out at first, being like, how can you see what I'm doing? How do you know me? Who are you? What is going on? Um, she was kind of like, just trust me, whatever. She's this very, like, not mystical being, but she's definitely a somewhat exotic person to him. I mean, because of their distance as well. Like I said, she lives in these islands. I wish I remembered to look up exactly where they're supposed to be located. Uh, but they're islands that no one's ever heard of, and they're not on a map and stuff at the time. Uh, we don't... I don't recall knowing what the time period was in the first trilogy. Um, because they're going by postcard and stuff. It's not because that was the only way to communicate necessarily. 
It just was that that's what was happening because they're with artists, because they want to, you know, share their visuals, because whatever reason. So I don't think it was necessarily like, oh, this is really, really, really back in the day. Um, but anyway, they start corresponding, they start falling in love, and then they want to to meet. And uh, at the end, basically, of the first trilogy, they, they set off to go and, and meet. Um, and there's some... There, there's a person, I don't remember his name, Froletti, I think is what they call him. There's a person who starts trying to interfere. Uh, and we see some of his letters being like, don't meet up. Uh, and he tries to like get their letters and correspondence because he thinks for some reason that that's like a thing to do. Um, he's a very mysterious character, but he is not a good character. We know that he's trying to interfere with their relationship. We don't know why he's trying to prevent them from meeting up. Uh, you know, they both escape together at... Um, this place in Alexand what is it, Alexandria? Uh, they, they both escape together, and then at the end, it says, that, like, of the first trilogy, oh, you know, like, they, uh, they, they, no one heard from them for years, and then there was a postcard they sent to some doctor in Africa when this baby was born. Then the new trilogy basically picks up with them corresponding to, well, it, it picks up with, with this baby who has grown as an adult now, uh, corresponding to his long-distance lover, he's out in, in like, Egypt as a, a paleontologist, and I think they mentioned laptops a couple times, so we know that that was more present day. I mean, this was, again, published in the early 2000s, um, like the second trilogy, the Morningstar trilogy. So it's him corresponding with his lover, who I believe is back in the States, and uh, they have a long-distance thing, and then Griffin and Sabine both start corresponding with those two, saying, like, there's a connection here between us, like, between all four of us, basically. We want to help you out, and we need you to help us out because it's for Letty guys trying to, like, mess with stuff and still trying to, like, keep us, like... They're apparently together, like, Griffin and Sabine are apparently together in the same place, but that place doesn't seem to be a physical place. Uh, it seems to be somewhere in the ether. Like, it, like, it doesn't seem like a, a, that they're in on the same plane. Um, and that was the other thing I forgot to say from the first one that one of the books ends in that first trilogy with them, like, realizing that they're not on the same plane, they're not maybe in the same dimension because they try to meet up. That was the thing. Like, the first one, it was like, they try to meet up, and then Griffin gets scared, and sorry I'm doing this out of order, but that's just the way my brain happened to work because I didn't write everything down like I should have, uh, and I didn't want to reread everything and take notes again. So, uh, but yeah, back to that first trilogy, that was part of the, the excitement and mystery was that they're trying to meet up, and then stuff happens. And Griffin at one point is like, am I crazy? Like, am I mentally ill? Because he 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 talks about basically being depressed at times, the death of a friend. And then he starts wondering about his own mental health and thinking that Sabine is just a figment of his imagination. He basically dissects the fact that he might be using her to cope with life. And because he thinks that, we might think that. Um, and then towards the end of, or at the end of one of the books, he comes home, who's, and he's supposed to find her there, because she ends up going to his place, and he ends up going to her, and they just, like, get mixed up and lost in there. He comes back. She's not there. There's no sign that she was ever there. Uh, his neighbors and stuff have never, you know, like, they, they say, like, she was never there. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, nobody ever came and went from your place. No one was living there while you were gone on vacation. Um, and so we're like, what the heck is going on? Uh, but anyway, so then they're apparently, you know, in, this, in the second trilogy, are writing to this other couple saying, 
you two need to help us out, and we're going to help you out. And there's this other bad dude who's, like, trying to, like, stop these things. And so, yeah, the I don't remember the two characters' names, but the paleontologist guy, or archaeologist, I mean, not paleontologist, archaeologist and his, like, lover that's elsewhere in North America anyway, I believe it's the States, um, they're corresponding. They have, I mentioned earlier that there's a lot of love and lust involved, um, and... Speaking of one as as, the, as a muse, um, this gentleman archaeologist is very skeptical at first when Griffin and Sabine reach out, and then but uh, his lover is not at all, and she kind of leans into it and says, "I've been having these dreams, and they've been helping me decode these dreams and stuff." And then you know th- there's this correspondence between all four of them basically, and then um, yeah, throughout that trilogy. Uh, <laughs> They, they, there's all this, like, Egyptian stuff going on and symbolism of, like, there's a lot of Egyptian, like, symbolism and history and, and mythology and lore involved. And so the more you know about that, I think you would get more out of the books than I did because I didn't do any research um, and I didn't know a lot. And I knew that I was missing some references for sure. Um, but, I mean, that's, yeah, you could delve into that more and it's, it's one of those things. But, yeah, this Valetti character is still trying to keep everyone apart and stop them from doing stuff. And, um, yeah, there's, there's some skepticism, there's whatever, again, Griffin and Sabine seem to be on another plane here, and yet we really, we think that they're together when they're trying to help this other couple out. Um, and yeah, that, uh, that one basically ends off, almost had to read and remind myself, that trilogy ends off basically with the, the new couple finally getting together and making love. And then everything's right with the world is basically how it, it says like, oh, yay, you met up and now everything's poetic and beautiful and lovely and, and everything's going to be OK. And I was really confused. This is like in that trilogy is where I started to be like, I don't understand what's going on. Now we're getting all this crazy symbolism and, and whatever else that I don't want to dissect. At first, it was this very lovely romantic exchange and there was beauty and art and inspiration and muses and stuff like that. And now we're talking about, like, this dude chasing us in Egypt or trying to stop us. And he turns into, like, birds and stuff. Like, he's some magical being, basically, um, tracking them down to keep them apart. And we don't know why. There's a part of a... There's a bigger plan here. And they don't really ever tell us what it is. They. Nick. uh, He doesn't really ever say, this is why this dude is there. He's trying to keep them apart. Uh, because of this, or they, 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 we don't even know what this is, like this weird thing about different dimensions and planes and, and stuff like that, uh, we don't, we don't know, we, we don't really know at all, and so this other one focuses so much on the second couple that I'm still thinking like, okay, we left off and we know the Griffin and Sabine got together, and then what? Like, how many years has it been? Are they in another dimension? What is going on? Uh, do they, do they, you know, we, I thought we would get some insight into like, oh, they met up and they're together and lovely. However, I guess that doesn't provide for a great story being like, oh yeah, everything's good. We're in love now. Cool. Like that's how that would wrap up. So I kind of get why we moved on without talking about it, but at the same time it felt kind of weird. So yeah, it just got to a place where I was like, we're doing something else now. It it is part of the same, like (laughs) the same story, but not. And I was kind of questioning the author's intent in a way and being like, well, why did you want to continue the story? The way you left off, you intentionally left off with the purpose of of coming back to it. 
I was like, why did we get this? We know that they met up, and then it was years later, and they sent a postcard to some doctor who delivered a baby or something. I don't, I don't remember. But And then the new one starts off with that baby being an adult, and we're just like, hey. So I knew that the intention was to continue. I also don't know why it took them a decade to do that, but maybe that's why, because there's that huge gap. It's disjointed. It seems a little distant from the original trilogy. I thought it ended really poorly it did not answer so many questions that it opened up and so i was disappointed for sure that's why i was so happy that that this one um that this one exists because the lost correspondence does help wrap some things up i don't think it wraps up these bigger bigger questions uh but it does it it helps make the whole experience more satisfying for me because i you know when there's a lot of questions sometimes i like to have things that are more wrapped up so the lost correspondence basically uh, let me mention this again throughout those six books we still don't know if griffin is imagining all this or not <laughs> like we still have doubt as, as the reader like when we get to the second trilogy i feel like a lot of that doubt went away i'm like oh they're corresponding with other people now i'm like yeah but this could just be griffin being two different people like two different personalities corresponding and like roping them into this thing it could be this just whole illusion he could be just this could be end up being a thing like instead of how some things are just like oh it was a dream it could be like oh he's got more than one personality or like oh he's bipolar and depressed and this and that and the other thing has mental health issues and this is just a, a sad story about how he's coping i don't know it could have been that at any time i felt less of that during the second trilogy but we we end up in the very last book just the seventh book which is a solo endeavor uh and it basically starts almost at the beginning again filling in some of the gaps and i was like whoa we're going back quite a ways uh so i kind of wondered how in one book it was going to get to you know one book would encapsulate books one through six and kind of solve things i think it did that kind of nicely um it, it wasn't it wasn't horrible i didn't feel like there were huge gaps but basically it fills in the gaps of like oh yeah his he writes to his friend at one point saying, hey, I'm going to go meet this this person. And then that friend writes to another friend and says, hey, uh, Griffin, I told him he can come stay with you. I didn't, you know, he doesn't know that I've told you everything that he told me. I'm kind of skeptical. I don't know where his mental health is at. I don't know if he's even meeting anyone, if they're going to show up, if they even exist. Can you please keep an eye out on him? Uh, if he tells you his story, then fine, but don't tell him that I told you. Um, and... So we, we get Ferletti or whatever his name is back in here again a little bit. And he says, like, he's trying to keep them apart so that it, it almost sounds like a cosmic balance type thing. But he still isn't, like, a character that we feel like is, or I don't think is a good-natured character in the reasons he wants to keep them apart. I mean, at one point he says it's because, don't you realize the repercussions of this type of thing? It's almost like time travel or something. Uh, but if there was a figure trying to police that so that they wouldn't, you know, go into that... But, um, yeah, it, it, it does wrap a lot of things up better. And the one thing that it does wrap up, and this is like mega, mega spoiler, uh, is that at the very, very end, it wraps up with a postcard. Because up until this point, like, again, it's going through the whole timeline, and then it gets to the point where they're about to meet. Uh, I shouldn't say it gets... No, it's not the whole timeline. This only goes through books one through three. It doesn't even get in to, to the second trilogy at all. Because it, it doesn't really 
need to that much. However, that is one complaint I have in a way because I'm like that second one just really threw me for a loop and was very kind of distant and got into this other symbology of, and, 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 and Egyptian stuff and mystics. I don't know. Uh, but I feel like the way that he did it anyway with just kind of filling in the gaps of one through three made sense because the well, the second last page I think has Griffin being like, hey, I'm going to meet you here at noon at this cafe, see you then, can't wait type thing. And then the very last postcard is the friend that Griffin ended up staying with who was friends with his friend. <laughs> um, and this friend, uh, Maud, I believe is her name, is writing to Fran and writes a, a letter saying, hey, I just want to let you know Griffin stayed with me. He was pretty anxious. Uh, the next day he was even more anxious and I just observed him being like super scattered and like uh, he went to the cafe, I guess to meet Sabine is what I'm guessing, um, and I followed him. And he was waiting and he was waiting and he was waiting and he didn't even notice I was there. I was trying to watch from afar so he couldn't tell, but he was just, just waiting and, and then all of a sudden this woman appears and she guesses it's Sabine and it is and they embrace and they kiss. And then as soon as they kiss, there's like this shriek, and it's supposed to be that Froletti guy, I guess. And um, there's like a burnt shadow on the wall of like a bird, basically, which he's been using all this bird imagery. And um, that was supposed to be him, I guess. But then they like jump through like Pharaoh's gate, and then uh, then they just disappear together. So we get an answer that it wasn't a figment of his imagination, that it wasn't just him and our multiple multiple personality type thing going on or him being schizophrenic. Um, so we assume that that's the truth and that's the answer. We have this other witness saying like, oh, wow, like this thing actually happened and they disappeared. So that does wrap that up. Um, in some, I think some people probably would have preferred if it didn't wrap that up because they want to be able to believe in more than one possibility, which sometimes I like. Most times, like I said, I don't. I feel like it, it definitely, like I said, if, if we just left off after the first trilogy, if we just left off after the second trilogy without this one, I would have been pretty disappointed. This does wrap things up. I don't know if it was criticism that led to Nick uh, creating this, this other book because it happened so many years later. Um, 13 years later, basically, is when it got published after the second trilogy was finished. So I don't know if that's why, but either way, I'm glad it happened. I don't you know, I don't think he can really do much more. I feel like that second trilogy was just kind of a off the rails a bit. Still beautiful stuff. Um, again, overall, I, I really enjoyed reading them. And uh, like I said, they're just beautiful books to physically uh, hold and look through and read. And, and just, um, yeah, like it provides a different experience. Um, it provides, you know, an opportunity to also see things... Uh, visually, a lot of the times with all the different symbolism there, and you can kind of stop and unfold a letter, and you can go through it really slow, and it's still beautiful and wonderful to do that. It, it was a really cool experience, um, and with all of Nick's personal histories and background, it was great that it all came from one source rather than relying on someone else to do something and someone else to do this. Like if he was just illustrating while someone else was writing or vice versa, it just might not have the same magic to it, and I believe it does have some magic to it. So that that is that Griffin and Sabine. Uh, saga, um, it, it's just quite lovely. Um, you heard some of my criticisms there because there's some things that like about the mystery element that don't really, it wasn't on point the whole time. Like this isn't like a 
this would not be like, I don't know, if I had to give it a rating or something, it would not be 100%. But it's um, it's it's still really worth the energy and time and, and, and money to, to purchase these books or find them and, and borrow them or something. Uh, but, but they are beautiful and they're lovely.